to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Kasher. And welcome to Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. A little later in this episode, we're going to talk about Catcher's pick of our exploration of Armageddon, which is uh, the <laughs> Nick Cage classic, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, but before we get to that, big episode we this week. Yeah. We did it. It's our one-year anniversary of exploring the Criterion Collection. What a journey. You know it. How does it feel? It honestly feels awesome. I mean, like, just maybe like a year and a month ago, I would have never imagined I would, like, have a podcast that I was, like, obsessed with and super excited to be a part of. Uh, And now it's been a whole year of doing something awesome that I love. And it's just, like, we explore the criterion, but I've also explored myself, you know? I've tapped into this... To this new side of me. (laughs) Boom. Exploring films and herself. What a journey. It's beautiful. Catcher, what about you? It's been a long time coming for you. Yeah, man. Honestly, yeah. I've I've really wanted to do a podcast of some kind for like years and years. So um, I had so many friends doing it. And it was nice to one day get that beautiful text message from Ian. Just Mm. being like, hey. I kind of think I want to start a show, and I think it'd be cool. If, would you be interested in joining? I was like, yes. Yes, I would, thankfully. Um, and then we sort of started talking about, like, who, like, we wanted to have, like, a th- like some, at least one mother, more person to sort of, like, create a dynamic. And the, I think the first person I said was Boom. And I was like, let, was. Me, let, me, just me, let me just, like, message Boom and see if, if she's up for the task. Of like of the pressures of recording, <laughs> and I think I like really oversold like the dedication required. Like we would would not be screwing around when making this podcast, <laughs> and just and then yeah, and asked her. But honestly, like I think that's the one thing like beyond the movies that has been like the most exciting thing was Ian. Like we were we were you know sort of friends in advance of this, mm-hmm. and Boom. Like I had known Boom for years, but like not necessarily at super tight. And I feel what's really nice about the podcast and I can't imagine it would happen any other way when you sit down every week with two other people, but like just the way that we've gotten to know each other more and like that, like a deeper connection that gets formed. And like, I know more about boom. I've learned more about boom in the last year than I learned about boom, like the four or five previous years that I had known her (laughs) almost. And okay. Can I just like interject quickly to say catcher? We've been friends for Seven years. I know, isn't it crazy? <laughs> and also to say that we weren't particularly close before this oh my podcast. God. I am coming offended. Out. No, it's not. We used to hang this out. This is all. the last I'm episode of Synodox. Say, no, I'm not saying we weren't friends. I just feel like we've like <laughs> gotten to know each other even more. Like obviously we've known each other. hundred percent. hundred percent. So long, but you know, it's like getting to sit yeah. down and chat with you like every week. It just like it just deepens. Totally. It just deepens it more. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And now I got Ian in my life, which is freaking amazing. I remember before we did this, I was like, who's this Ian guy? Like, he could be a Trump supporter. Like, I have no clue who he is. And now we're like the best of friends. 
It's the way. It's the magic. That of was the movies. coolest thing ever. That's like when is. you guys like first sort of like got together. I was like, oh shit, you guys are basically already the same person. Like this is so great. This is, <laughs> is going to be so much fun. Yeah, I think we iced you out of musicals yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. So uh, we we had that bond immediately. <laughs> Echoing what you guys have said, uh, amazing to meet and bond with Boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knew, right? Thank God, God bless COVID. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, for sending a for for bringing us together uh and then yeah just being able to catch her you know our our internet friendum we had met in person mm-hmm. one time uh but it was around like 20 other people so it was tough to really get that like one-on-one mm-hmm. time and then now just you know look at us now never been the same look at us fly and soar <laughs> and we, we we typically save our uh tea with boom segment for the end of the show but we had a special bit of uh, questions coming in for uh, uh, around our one year anniversary. So, boom! You want you want to read some of those out? What what people said? What yeah. you asked? Yeah. So I just asked a few questions, just kind of like to go over some highlights from the past year. Uh, the first question I asked was just what like people's favorite movies were that they that we like covered that they were able to watch along with us. We got some good a- answers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like it's all over the map, which is exciting. Um, Marcy said Sound of Metal because we know she is mm. the number one Riz fan. fan. Um, Gab initially <laughs> said Armageddon and then said, oops, I thought you meant least favorite. Oh. <laughs> so thanks for that, wow. Gab. Oh, come on. Come on, Gab. <laughs> Unnecessary. Knife in the heart, Un- bro. <laughs> Unnecessary. He's just he's just looking for trouble. Uh, friend of the show, Kev, said La N, but he said, make Ian read this. <laughs> because, <laughs> because one of our discoveries over this year is that Ian is, speaks perfect French, flawless. It's incredible. Um, you know, and I got, what is it? I think last week, Sophie said I was pronouncing Titane uh, incorrectly. Because I was saying Titane. Was it... And she, I don't even know how she corrected me. I can't remember like, either. Catcher can't correct me. Come on, don't, shouldn't you have all the French pronunciations? First off, I'm just, yeah. I'm just glad that you tried to pronounce it at all because <laughs> I would have been too afraid to even have tried it. My, I'm, a, I'm deathly afraid of accents of any kind, which we learned during our discussion of Peaky Blinders, where you like were doing some wonderful attempts at accents and i just left you out there oh to hang all on your own because i had i was frozen with anxiety peaky yeah i can't peaky i can't even pretend when i tell i have to say like obviously i had so much fomo missing out on the episode last week but it was like mm-hmm. a particularly hard week i just like was under the weather and it was so nice <laughs> to just listen to you guys <laughs> shooting the shit and like talking about first man which is like in like a synonauts um like dynamic if that makes any sense because obviously mm-hmm. like ian i listen to your other podcast and i always listen mm-hmm. to catcher when he's like on dune pod and stuff but it was just so nice to like it just lifted my spirit so much. So as sad as I was to like miss out, I also just loved it. And the Peaky Blinders thing, I cackled. Like I, di- <laughs> I died. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so we got quite a few for the N. Uh, we got Hedwig mm. by Yoli underscore Xena. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Emma, Catcher's partner, said Rafiki, which warms oh, yeah. my heart because mm. that's a great movie. Uh, and then I also mm-hmm. asked our friends um, what their favorite episode art was. Ooh. Marcy was mm-hmm. the first out of the gate with an all caps, all of it. So- oh, amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Gab again said uh, La N, Old Man mm. and the Gun, Beastie Boys, mm. One Night in Miami, Sound of Metal, Akira, uh, The Brood, The Big Chill. So people just love Thanks, the Gab. art because it's Thanks, amazing. Guys. It's amazing work catcher Appreciate each and every it. week. I every every week it blows my mind. I'm like, I don't know how he does this. Like, I can't even do stick figures. <laughs> well, if you're looking carefully, I barely do stick figures myself. So that's. <laughs> 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 it's true stop giving away your secrets and then finally i just asked what everybody's fave mm. ep was because it's like what's good you know what was what, what was blessing mm-hmm. your ears uh marcy said mm. the rock mm. gab said green knight emma said the episode where boom takes catcher and ian <laughs> to court that was a good episode <laughs> That was a lot of fun. That was, um, what was that? That was for the trial of the Chicago seven, but I don't remember which, which movie we talked about that in front of. That was like our first kind of disagree, not disagreement, but that was like one of the first times that like all three of us weren't necessarily on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Mikey P said Rafiki, Boogie Nights. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. It's, it's been great. Uh, but before we move on, what's your favorite movie that we've watched uh, for the show? Without a doubt, Woman in the Dunes. Mm. That movie mm. like blew my mind. It's in my letterbox top four now. Mm, it's like, wow. I, yeah, it's like it really bowled me over. Like I just, I was so shocked by it and so impressed by it. Um, and I think it was the one I went in with the least knowledge about, mm-hmm. and it was the one I came away the most impressed by. Nice. So, yeah. Boom, what was yours? It's hard to pick like an absolute favorite, mm-hmm. but I'd say Barry Lyndon mm. was probably up there for me just because I went into that film dreading that I needed to watch like a three hour <laughs> film about like some white dudes. Um, and it and I it just really surprised me and I was like shocked how much I enjoyed it. So yeah, probably Barry Lyndon. Nice. I think for me, uh I'm looking like Lan is definitely up there and eight and a half yeah. are, pro- are probably my my one and two that I was like, God, I can't believe I had never seen either of these. Um but yeah, I mean honestly, like they've all been so fun to watch. Even the ones where I was like, eh, like this is fine. Uh totally. it's, it's still so fun to watch and, and discuss. Yeah, so thank you, everyone. Hopefully we can continue to deliver fun episodes and fun movies to watch and Catcher, I'm sure, will continue delivering fantastic art. This week's uh, artwork, I'm so stoked with. I also, yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, awesome. So before we get to uh, our discussion around Gone in 60 Seconds, we're going to catch up on two things. So uh, a film came out last week called Halloween Kills. It is the sequel to the 2018 reboot of Halloween directed by David Gordon Green. Um, And in terms of like the Halloween movies, the way this new reboot works, it was the original Halloween and then Halloween 2018 is the sequel. And then this is the, so in like this new Canon, this is the third of the films and there's going to be one more called Halloween ends coming out. I think next year. 
Um, but this is like a, all three of us would watch this and Catcher was like, we just yeah. have to really quickly round table about Halloween Kills. So Catcher, why don't you kick us off? Okay, yeah. So I, for the most part, liked the 2018 like reboot. I loved it. I thought it was so thing. good. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. love the themes in it. Like were they always told with like the most like, um, what's the word? Like was it like oh was it super well done? No, like like it could it was a little what's the word I'm looking for? Like a little bit clunky in terms mm-hmm. of like the themes, but I liked the approach and the idea and the execution. It felt like it knew what it wanted to do. It was reasonably tight, if I remember, in terms yeah, of time. I, like, I, yeah. It moved quick and like and it was violent. And so it was like everything you sort of loved about the original in a modern context is great. So I was very excited about this movie. And me and Emma was super hyped to watch it. Uh we went on Saturday night or no, Friday night maybe to watch it. And I was like totally let down by it. I was totally <laughs> let down by it. Um, the violence is was great. amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You, isn't, I, the, isn't it so weird to say that too? Like when people have asked me like how I felt about the movie, I'm just like the murders were the, so good. The kill count was incredible. It was, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast today. They mentioned something like there's a kill like every seven minutes or something and it's like a two-hour movie so it's like they they get the there's a quite a number of kills some really like memorable ones everyone's talking about the uh the uh the light like the light bulb next stab yeah and shit like unreal unreal the way he slams that the young kid's neck on the staircase (laughs) near near the end the the boyfriend motions that are happening right now i can't (laughs) slam 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 um like that kind of stuff was great, but then I felt like any of the dialogue coming out of like the two older characters, like Laurie and the cop, at mm-hmm. like just actually made no sense at mm-hmm. all. Like they were just talking words. I was like, "What are you guys? Are you in the same movie, Dari? Do you know what's <laughs> happening right outside your door?" <laughs> Clearly not. Um, I loved the idea of a town stepping up mm-hmm. and fighting back Mm -hmm. but then it seemed to get confused about what kind of like what it wanted to talk about with regards to like (laughs) mob violence like was it for or against mob violence like it seemed pretty like against it i think uh david gordon green said he he did write this movie before all like this QAnon nonsense so he actually said the movie actually takes a very different tone post like usa insurrection of last year um sure yeah like Mm -hmm mob mentality and like false information can be taken horribly but i still think that was still the point like regardless of now it's like a kind of more intensified yeah i mean like that's that that was really at the end of the day sort of the thing that like stayed with me the most in terms of like what upset me was just like it just seemed to have lost its way and that and Mm -hmm. it just seemed like that this movie was like bumbling around trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what it was where the first Mm -hmm. one just very clearly knew what it what it wanted to do and yeah i just wanted to know like what you guys felt because i think i gave it a little bit of a harsh rating but in my mind but i just wanted to talk about it i thought the 2018 was amazing that's my i'm not like a mm-hmm. hardcore halloween fan but i've seen most of them yeah. um maybe i maybe i've seen all of them but ha- halloween 2018 is my second favorite to the original i i thought the kills were like incredible um mm-hmm. the way i kind of mm-hmm. saw it was like similar it, it was almost like a sketch movie 
where like every scene is like a different comedy sketch, but every scene was just like a different kill sketch. Essentially, it was like a mm. kill sketch yeah. horror movie. Um, <laughs> I liked the idea about it. I thought the flashback for the intro was like incredible. Like very good. Oh the, my the god, was that like, ever great. It was so cool. It like it like looked like it was shot back then, and it even like yeah. my brain even played a trick on me. Like, was this like in the original one? Um, and it was the only time you heard like the classic Halloween theme with like that crazy hi hat and all that sort of stuff. And Donald Pleasant, like I don't know how they did that, like yeah. deep big CG, yeah. whatever. It was so cool, incredible, incredible. So good. Um, so I liked all that, and like I, the dialogue I didn't think was great. I thought the 2018 dialogue was like really smart. It had a lot more of like the Dana McBride influence, and this one I think had almost none, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um. I get what they were going for. I, I liked overall what it was. My main thing is that they repeated like the same things kind of a million times over, over. and over. over. Like yeah. I think they said it's been 40 years and uh, evil <laughs> dies tonight like about a thousand times. And it's like, we evil get it. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> like, we, like we understand. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I kind of went in just to see Michael like fuck people up and I got that. Yeah. So, and they delivered, um, yeah. Yeah. And it was very clearly like this is a second in the trilogy for me. Like, I think they, yeah. they they purposely kept Lori and the cop away from everything to, like, make it really about them in the, in the third film. I enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. Boom. What about Boom. you? Yeah, I also enjoyed it quite a bit. I The flashback sequences at the beginning were awesome. Like, I was quite taken by them. The kills, again, friggin' awesome. Um... The camp level was kind of dialed up to 100 on this. And I do appreciate, like, a campy movie. I appreciate camp and horror as well. Unfortunately, I think for the most part, especially with some of the acting, it was just a little bit too much. And I think that there were opportunities to dial it back a little bit that would have served it quite well. Get rid of Tommy. That character was, like, unfortunately just... I know he served a purpose to a certain degree, but he just like grinded my gears and I was like hyper cringing every time he was on screen. You can't tell me Tommy wasn't coked out every single second of the movie. He was so coked out. That is 100% canon in my head. Tommy is a a coke fiend running around town telling people 100%. Yeah. I said in my review that I'm pretty sure like the guy who played Tommy went method by like drinking monsters and <laughs> jacking off to photos of Michael Myers every <laughs> single day. Like that was the vibe. So what's funny is Tommy isn't a new character. I think Tommy was in either Halloween four or five played by no, Paul he, Rudd. Oh, that's right. Actually. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious if they tried getting Paul Rudd back to do this and he was busy like shooting Ghostbusters or something. That would have been kind of funny to have Imagine Paul, Rudd Paul Rudd in that role. As that role just like rallying a bunch of townspeople <laughs> to like murder somebody. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, And then the last, thing i thought was the best ever but kind of got spoiled by the way it was shot or edited excuse me was michael um spoiler territory so like skip but michael just fucking murking everyone at the end (laughs) but then it was like cut in with like Lori kind of explaining the like extent of his evil and ability which was like cool sure but i was like I, I wish it was done differently. Like, I wish we could have just had it straight, like, that scene straight up, like, annihilation. Because <laughs> it was, it, it, like, that's when they decided to kind of dial it back. And I was like, well, this is when you go full throttle. Like, yeah. what's up? But 
Yeah, Anyways, like you, get, yeah. you get a killing. Sorry, more spoilers if you fast forwarded and got to this part. Like killing off Laurie's daughter. Yeah, Judy and Greer. Judy yeah. Greer gets it, and it's like it just feels like it's being rushed through. Like it's such a weird yeah. editing situation at the yeah. end. Like they're just trying to get through so many threads. I feel like that it's just yeah. like she should have. This should have been huge that she died. Yeah. Like yeah. it should have been a huge yeah. moment in this movie that Laurie loses her, and it yeah. just feels like part of this big cacophony of mess that happens yeah the end. cacophony he says <laughs> all right yeah. pinkies up I've, let's go pinkies i read up, a book squad. i read a book once this is synonymous proud of you that's right proud thanks, of thanks. you yeah so i think we all kind of felt i, th- I think i might have liked it a little more than you two but overall I mean, i'm looking forward to the third one i'm definitely gonna like be i'll still be there yeah. there yeah i just yeah. i just like I, I just needed to talk it out and i appreciate you yeah. guys putting up with me for that uh that's what we're here please, for that's what we're here for uh Last week, uh, we covered First Man, and I just had an inkling, an inkling in my stomach that Boom would need to have her say we, that she, oh we could goodness. have just let this one go by. Uh, so, Boom, do you want to give us some thoughts uh, on, on First yeah. Man? Yeah. Okay. So, and we've run up the time kind of quite a bit now, so I'm not going to go like full, yeah. full into it, but... What I will say, and I also think, like, the episode you guys did last week was, like, beautiful and, like, so insightful. And even me listening to it kind of helped, like, not shape my perspective because, like, I already had a perspective. But just, like, kind of helped me out with some things, um, which I which I really appreciated. But I actually did not dislike this film. I just felt a little bit bored. <laughs> <laughs> watching it um and I felt like there were so many amazing things about it um I'd be hard-pressed to say that this is like outrightly a bad film Mm -hmm. and just kind of like the point form version of just where it was a miss for me was a little bit in the performances to be honest Mm -hmm. like I think that like the tone um of the performances and writing were just a little bit one note Mm -hmm. Um, I think they kind of took this idea of being like being the first man to go into space is stressful and they really ran with that. But I felt like I was kind of like doing the heavy lifting like as an audience member, which I Mm. think maybe is great because I did find this film to be like very thought provoking. Mm. Um, And there were scenes that truly blew my mind that were taking place in space and Mm -hmm. just like the dangers. I, I did definitely feel the weight of that. But there were just certain things that I like that just didn't really feel weighted for me. And I think they could have. But that's just me. But and I'm about to like I just want to give my criterion moment. Okay. yes. (laughs) And it's going to kind of like blow everything I just said wide open (laughs) because I literally blubbered like a baby. Like I I was like holding myself crying. Um, And it was (laughs) and it was when he's on the moon and. A, they do a flashback and it's him mm-hmm. with his daughter mm-hmm. on earth looking up at the moon and oh, then immediately yeah. cuts to him on the moon and that wrecked me emotionally <laughs> so <laughs> uh nice yeah I, I i don't think your opinion is unpopular like i think I, i've spoken to a lot of people who've been like i don't really think ryan gosling was like doing much at all in the movie mm-hmm. so i don't think you're alone uh yeah. In that. I feel well, like it, my it, vibe the first time I watched it is 
pretty much in line with your vibe now. Like the first time mm-hmm. I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, like it's not bad, but I don't see what's like particularly special about it. Um, so that's interesting. Real quickly, we and we can cut this too. Did you want to talk about that Whitey's on the moon bit at all, or do you not really care about it? Like that scene, I thought was quite good, and I was like, okay, let's go. And it was kind of like picking up the energy a little bit where I felt it may have been lacking before. But then, and mm-hmm. I other this also just might be like this all might just come down to me like personally as a viewer and like who I am Mm -hmm. because I know like the Neil Armstrong story through and through. And like, I think I've considered like the, the emotional element of it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm more interested in like the socio political Mm -hmm. side of it all, which obviously like that movie is not. And like, I wouldn't come to that movie asking for it. But when you get that little taste, you're just like, give me more, you know, but I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean I think it was just enough to be like he's acknowledging that this is like something that like while they are sending a bunch of white people to the moon, there's like a massive uh racial struggle going on in the United States mm-hmm. at the exact same time. Um and so to me like I think that was enough. I think I agree with you. Like he couldn't have done more and done it honest like in earnest and really like dug into it. And I think yeah, just like putting that's it a there. different movie. Yeah, because that poem was like really written at the time, like in in response to like the the you know launches and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. I, I I thought it was well done. Um, so I was curious. I was curious your thoughts on that. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, thank you, Boom, and yeah. thank you everyone for listening to this extended intro. Uh, mm-hmm. but we just had to squeeze that in. But now let's chat. Uh, gone in sixty seconds for those who haven't seen gone 60 seconds uh you haven't experienced it you haven't experienced gone in 60 seconds it is uh starring nicholas cage he plays a guy named memphis reigns which is an amazing amazing character name he is an ex car thief like the the car thief in california he goes clean at some point he needs his life away from it got too risky uh one day he finds out his brother kip played by giovanni ribisi uh got into a little hot water and so nick cage is pulled back in to uh save the day and he has to steal 50 cars for his brother or else his brother gets killed <laughs> uh that's the, the, plot the, of the movie. stakes are, the stakes are real the stakes are real so catcher do you want to take us away all right let's uh strap in let's get in our time machines <laughs> and we're going to go all the way back to 1974 where H.B. Halalaki, also known as Toby, just go with Toby, Mm -hmm. produced, wrote, directed, starred, slash, did a whole bunch of stunts in the original Gone in 60 Seconds, a film that shares nothing with the film we cover today besides (laughs) the title and the fact that some cars are stolen. Uh, This film was made for... $150,000 and was made with like friends and family and the Wikipedia article notes that the film destroyed (laughs) 93 cars during the filming of a 40 minute car chase. One of the longest in film history. This movie sounds amazing. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Um, And then the entire film actually ended up destroying something like 127 cars in the whole production of that movie. Mm. And in the end, grossed 
40 million dollars holy shit isn't that crazy yes wow that's crazy now granted i don't know how much of that is like after the fact in terms of like dvd sales as an example or whatever home video but for $150,000, it went to $40 million. I was yeah. like, Jesus, that's incredible. Not bad. So in 1989, Toby would go on and marry the woman he would be married to for the rest of his life, Denise. And in that same year, uh, they would start work on a sort of reboot sequel to the original film, Gone in 60 Seconds 2. Very original title which he hoped would sort of be a larger, more grander film, ended up buying 400 cars in order to destroy for this new sequel. Um, <laughs> wow. But unfortunately, uh, during the filming of that movie, during a sequence with a water tower, a cable snapped, and that sliced up a telephone pole, that f- poor pole fell on poor Toby, killing what? him instantly. That's right. Oh, my God. So... Years go by, and the rights sort of go up in the air, and Denise fights tooth and nail for the rights of uh, Foregone in 60 Seconds and ends up winning them, um, promising that she would finish the work that her husband had started and gets together in 1995 with Disney Touchstone and Jerry Brockheimer to finally fulfill her husband's wishes to make a follow-up to his original Gone in 60 Seconds which is the movie that we cover today. Mm. And uh, that's all to say I totally forgot until four hours ago that I had to write an intro, and there was nothing about this movie on Wikipedia, so I went with the history. And <laughs> I, I love it. It sounds exciting, this movie. I wish we almost had covered that just mm. for the excitement. But this movie is like a, like a touchstone for me as a child. Mm. This is like... The first time I'd ever seen Giovanna Ribisi in a movie, uh, this was at a time where, like, I would just, like, as a kid, you're into cars and stuff. And I just really, really have favorable opinions about this movie, though I'm not sure they're nece- necessarily earned. Um, so I'm very excited, really, to push it to you guys to find out, like, what you guys thought, how it felt. Um, Ian, let's go with you. I thought it was fun. Like, I, I don't think, like... I know you picked this to discuss like in regards to Armageddon because it is sort of like get the gang together and mm-hmm. it is a Bruckheimer movie. And what's interesting to me is that this came out after Armageddon and it is so much like tamer than yeah. the other stuff mm-hmm. Bruckheimer's done. And I, I guess that's like the Michael Bay aspect, right? Like The Rock and Armageddon in terms of like insanity are like on completely different levels. Um, but, you know, maybe at, at the time, you know, Fast and the Furious hadn't come out yet and it look it took however like 20 years for fast and the furious to really get to that really absurd point of like car based action movies um <laughs> but yeah i mean i thought it was i thought it was fun like there's there's some aspects to it which i think uh incredibly silly but like fun mechanics like you know the gang they have all like their little quirks and characters and you get mm-hmm. a lot of like really absurd quotes which i kind of i love and live for for these types of movies <laughs> um when, when i watch it and maybe i didn't revisit it because i love the fast franchise so much i had a hard time mm-hmm. not comparing it to fast and the furious because hashtag fast, family you know hashtag this family movie is right. no joke yeah i mean this movie even ends with a uh with a, barbecue a, a barbecue scene. yeah <laughs> yeah i was like what and like the sphinx who like doesn't talk all movie like has this like speech for some reason at the end uh but i, I thought that was funny um some high level pros for me 
Will Patton's hair is incredible throughout the whole thing. <laughs> also, also he runs for like two seconds of this movie. Like when the cops come to the garage for the first time, he's seen running in the background. And I was like, I don't know if Will Patton knows how to run. Like he looks so <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable. Take a look at that. Uh, Nick Cage. Fantastic. As always, just doing his Nick Cage thing. Memphis. Um, greatest name. And then they also do a fat DMX drop, which I very much appreciated because for no reason at all, there's a snake in this car that has been boosted. And so <laughs> DMX is playing and there's a snake in the car. I mean, what's not to love uh, <laughs> about that? Um, and I'll get into some other stuff, I'm sure, as we go on. But uh, yeah, boom. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> so... I like I can have fun with movies. I'm the queen of, <laughs> you know, just loving stupid shit. I pick Venom, like for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, I know how to have a good time, but um, this I hated this movie with like my whole body and soul. <laughs> I. Had- Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I never saw it. I never had any interest of seeing it back in the day, so I just swerved hard on that. And I was a huge Angelina Jolie fan, like, in the Mm. early 2000s. So the fact that I even dared to miss, like, something on her (laughs) filmography just goes to show, like, how uninterested I've always been in this film. Um, but I, I went into it with an open mind. Uh, we've had fun with like all the outrageous action movies we've done here so far. Um, and I think for me, I do like the fast tra- franchise for sure. Like I'm not a huge, I don't follow it like religiously or anything like that, but that was kind of what got me back in the day. Like if any car movie was going to get me, like that was it mostly cause Ludacris was in it. But, mm. um, <laughs> I just, I'm just, just, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like gather my thoughts, but (laughs) I just don't really care about cars. Like I don't know much about them. I never really had that phase. So Mm -hmm. like that draw just wasn't there for me. And then watching this, I just, all the things, I just found it to be quite dull and I can understand why other people would think it is exciting. Um, but even I was like holding out for like the Nicolas Cage aspect and it was still just such a like toned down Nikki. And I was just like, if he were going to go to balls to the wall in any film, like it would, it should be this one. Like mm. I was like, please give me something. Like, I think there was like one part where he was kind of going when he like puts the song on or something <laughs> and then he's like, let's go. Okay. That is but, my, that is my favorite any movement an actor has ever made in a film, him shaking his fingers, listening to the song, yeah. and then just being like, let's go. That, let's ride. <laughs> I do that all the time. No one knows what I'm doing. You know, and they're just like, what are you? You're just shaking your hands at me. I don't know what that means. And right before that let's ride moment, I, I, I took a note. Like, so many of these movies where the story is about, like, they're pulling someone back in from, like, their old life that they had left there is like inevitably some sort of montage in which like they're working out or they change into their outfits or whatever. And his, his whole, like I'm getting back into like my old lifestyle is he puts on a leather jacket. And a <laughs> he, like, he, like, opens up, 
You open this box. He just puts on a leather jacket and a hat, and like that's it. Like, like that was that's I'm his, back, and baby. he's back. Like that's that was right. that was it. I, th- I, that was so funny to me because usually those things are so drawn out. Like I, I immediately thought of like Lord of the Rings and Return of the King when Theoden, uh, Theoden, he gets like armored up, like before the battle of like Minas Tirith, and like. You know, okay. there's just so many instances of that, but then it's just him putting on a leather jacket and a hat, and, and then the low rider, and, and the then low rider. Yeah, that's 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 what he needs. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> so many great needle drops in this song. In this I know movie. A, a lot of great needle drops. I I forgot Angelina Jolie was in this until I like put on <laughs> the movie. So when what she showed gift. up, I was like, oh, like Angelina Jolie's in this. That's cool. You know, for context, for people who like weren't alive or like of age to really like understand who Angelina Jolie was like at this time. She was like sex personified. Like she <laughs> like pushed it to another level. Like they're like her, like not just the way she looked because she looked different than like the classic Hollywood, like blonde type thing, but just what she did in her life. Like mm-hmm. she was like married to Billy Bob Thornton right around this time. And there was that story where like she shows up to the VMAs and she was like, Billy Bubba and I just had sex in the limo. <laughs> like, she just says that. And, like, you don't they, hear that. They wore vials of blood, they're each other's blood as necklaces. Yeah. This was a crazy time. This was a crazy time. And she was, yeah. like, the peak, like, I am, like, sex. Just, like, walking sex. And somehow yeah. she has that scene where she's, like, making out with Nick Cage in the car is, like, the least sexy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, they have no For chemistry at all. None. She, she is sexy in that scene. Yeah. He is not. He is not. Yeah. And Agreed. it's bad. It's bad. His, and it, what's so funny is you, it's so bad, in fact, that they have to cross cut it with another couple you don't know having sex <laughs> in order to create a sexy mood to happen in that scene. It's like naked There's... random couple they're watching and then them and then back and forth because it's like what's happening, what's happening in the car is not that sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's it's so insane. I mean, Angela's actually not in it for that much. So I think she was like a stunt yeah. casting at the time, probably just to be like, hey, we have like the it girl of the moment. Aside from her white girl dreads, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything else about Angelina? I just like that it's like you got like a female mechanic in the mix, some sure. representation ish. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. not great, but <laughs> it's something. It's a- she doesn't fall for him immediately. She's yeah. like, she definitely pushes back on him, which is nice. But I think that's probably giving this film a little bit too much of credit. Yeah. <laughs> she was fun. And like when she was around, she did bring the energy. Mm-hmm. Like even that scene, I think she carried it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. hundred percent. For sure. Yeah. That like weird sex scene. I'm like, she's selling it. Yeah. Nicolas Cage looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> and then she like blue balls him and walks out the car. Perfect. Like, time as to go. Sh- as she do. So as good, she should. So yeah. <laughs> um, but l- let's talk about Nick Cage. So Boom has already said that this isn't like the Nick Cage you would want out of it. Catcher, what did you think about Nick Cage in this? It's this is like Nick. It's weird. It's like Nick Cage sort of had like an early life career doing like uh, what whatever was that movie with the Coens was and like was mm-hmm. he in Moonstruck? Raising Arizona, Moonstruck. Yeah. yeah. You know where he's just like a regular sort of like actor guy. And this sort of is like, I mean, he did The Rock, which was, I think, before this, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is sort of like in that period where he's sort of like transitioning to the weird but not like ironic 
mm. like portion of his career. So <laughs> he's not like he's not he doesn't have it turned up to like eleven. He yeah. is sort of doing weird things. The way he yells at people is strange. Um, when he goes, uh, <laughs> I'm tired and I'm wired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He Amazing. starts like when he goes up to Eleanor and he's like caressing her. And he's like, we're going to we're going to do it this time. You know, like it's, we're just take it nice and easy. Like he's getting all <laughs> sensual with the car. And like, I love that. Like that's and boom, you made a point earlier that like you are not interested in cars. Like that's not like something that you're into. And I feel like this is a movie for people that like enjoy cars, love cars and like have mm. a, 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 more than a passing interest in cars. Mm. Um, and uh, this is a film like about s loving things intimately, mm. like to the point, like when, when someone like likes to collect like baseball cards or shoes or, or something like that, like where the, it, the love of the object becomes more than the object. It becomes almost romantic or sexual in, in like mm. a weird abstract way, you know? And I love the way that this movie sort of like tackles that idea of like when you are so obsessed with something, it becomes something more, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm. And, and I like there's so many great scenes. Like uh, there's a sequence when a cop shows up when someone's fucked up, they've brought a car in. It's not a good situation. Right. And a cop shows up and it becomes about like, convincing the cop to like turn the car on and like get excited so they can distract him. And it's like the way that they're talking about engines and like, he knows exactly what's in the car and like the bond, the cops and these criminals have is about cars. And it's something that goes deeper than like the divide between cop and robber or, you know, whatever thief. And I, that's the thing that's like the sort of like the through line through this movie that I, I think is so special. It's just like that love of cars and, and family, you know, like yeah. that's the thing that sort mm. of like goes through that I love so much. And that's what I think is like a big difference between Fast and the Furious franchise and this. And like uh, uh, the original Fast and Furious is like far different from what it is now. It's but much even closer when, to this. It's much closer to this. But even still, I think this movie is like a couple steps above the original Fast and Furious in terms of like this is a movie like about cars. Uh, and I know Danny, a co-host of 70 Millimeter. Um, he like loves this movie and I know he loves cars also. So I, I'm assuming mm -hmm. that's probably why, but I agree with the catcher. I really didn't think of it that way. And like, this is, this movie does a great job of showing how people could be in love with like inanimate objects and like collections <laughs> and things yeah. that like really speak to them. I, I think that's, that's a very good call out that I like didn't think about. Um, boom. How does that speak to you in any way at all? Do you want to have sex with a car? Boom. Tell us now. No. <laughs> no, thank you. That's fine. I don't know. Like, yeah, I definitely got the family vibe and I thought it was cute. And I think that. <laughs> you think it was bad. It's okay. That's yeah. okay. Boom. It's fine. No, I got, I got the family vibe and the car stuff, I guess was cool. <laughs> but then my thing as well was just that I even felt like when they were like stealing the cars and that's like what all the buildup was about. And like that was kind of like the center plot. Um, and I also felt like that was kind of lackluster. Like I didn't think that they were like particularly mm. stealing the cars in any inventive ways. It's like, oh, big whoop. Like, you know, a guy at Ferrari that gave you a master key. Like, 
must be hard. Like, sh- like I want them, I want them to be using like lasers and shit. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So this is too grounded in reality, like for yeah. you yeah. to like appreciate a, a car movie. I get that, um, except for that ramp stunt at the at end. The end. Goodness, that, that was not at all grounded. No, <laughs> amazing. And that's something like that. I feel like every like kid dreams about when you're like in, in in traffic or you see a car when you're a kid. Like when you see like a tow truck in that ramp, everyone has yeah. thought like I could just drive up that thing and just like go fly yeah, in. Go, yeah, and exactly. like they they play it out like perfectly. Uh, yeah. a, about it's them. like Hot Wheels personified, <laughs> right, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, something <laughs> I actually just thought about this now, Catcher, is that how like you know a, a big thing with this movie and Nick Cage is like he wants to get his unicorn car, like this Eleanor car, like this is the one that has evaded him. And the cop, uh, Nick Cage, is the cop's Eleanor, right? Like he spends his whole career. Ooh, he even inter- says, oh, "Interesting." He yeah. even says, "Like I have an illustrious." At one point, he goes, "Like I have an illustrious career, but like I've never gotten you." Oh uh, my god! I never even caught that. And That's I feel amazing. like you know the co- the amazing. cop's unicorn is Nick Cage. So there are is a lot Memphis. of Memphis. Is Memphis reigns. Is Memphis reigns. So there's like a lot going on there. Uh, okay. Okay. So a question. There's a. I have a few notes where I'm like, did this movie popularize blank unicorn? Uh-huh. The term unicorn. This was the first time I'd ever heard that term, like in life. Did this mm-hmm. movie? Did this Probably. movie popularize the term unicorn? It would make sense. Maybe. It's, I think this, so. it starts here. You yeah. Know? He also. Okay, but unicorn now means like a third to a cu- already established couple. What? I've never heard that. Well, yes, but yeah. in the context can, of like, is that CanCon? I've never heard that phrase. Like, find. <laughs> I it, hope not. Well, it's more like finding that person. The unicorn is like finding that person who would agree right, to join. Right, That's right, what right. Wait, which, wait. which is difficult to find. Oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Let's pause here. Let's pause here. <laughs> I have been off dating apps for many years. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So if, if I'm hearing this correctly, a unicorn is when a couple wants to find their thruple person. Is, is this what yeah. you're saying? They're like looking for their unicorn. It's more of <laughs> yes. like a unicorn in that like you're trying to find like this person that exists that would be like fine to date you would not be like make it weird it would be fun like it, they they hit so many things that like finding this person would be so hard so they become like a unicorn you know huh oh okay interesting til did not know that Ev- uh, they're evasive <laughs> like like eleanor you know right, they just like they a, never like st- exactly um another phrase that i had heard i've heard of plenty of times this is on the grosser end that I did not realize, I think came this movie is like the, where they talk about the stranger, yes, which is like I, the weirdest my, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so yes. the stranger, which yes. they talk about in the beginning of this movie with like zero context is where the guy says like, you know, he sits on his hand for 15 minutes so that it goes numb <laughs> yeah. and then he masturbates. So it feels like it's not his hand. I have heard that like in jokes, like for years, like people like, like I see it, you know, people just joke about like the stranger. I did not realize it came from this movie. <laughs> So that was like a key takeaway for me. <laughs> I'm, I want to know if it's true because I, when I saw that, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, did they also, did they invent the stranger? Is this yeah. a thing that this movie invented? So they both invented the stranger and the unicorn like that. I was like, my mind was blown. Yeah. That might be oh exclusive to like boys. Like if you were never a high school boy, you may have never heard of this term before. I feel like it gets joked about in all kinds of things. Yeah. But though. I feel like I've heard it in like, 
Yeah. Like, I would have surprised if, like, Broad City I've would make a joke heard. about, like, The Stranger. I feel like that has to have become, <laughs> you know, I yes, feel like that, yeah. like, that sort yes. of canon will come up in there. Okay, something else I was interested, I, I don't know that it was necessarily, like, invented in this movie, but I love this movie has a villain that has, like, weird side hobby. You know, <laughs> like, action movies always have villains that like they can't just be bad. They also have to have something about them that makes them quirky. And like in this case, he's like a woodworking guy, so he makes chairs and coffins and that stuff. Ama- and was, that coffin is incredible. So great. And I was just like, oh wow. So is this? This is like I don't. I imagine it did not get birth in this movie, but I love that it is like in lineage with yeah. like history of these action villains. I did really thoroughly enjoy the part where it was like the final standoff. And this guy was just so intense and like evil the whole time. And that was all completely derailed when Nick Cage or excuse me, Memphis Rain holds up his like shelf that he had built. And he's like, no, no, please not my shelf. And I was like, holy shit. What the fuck is happening? That was his that was his unicorn. That shelf he made was his unicorn. He'd never it, gotten that shelf as good as he did yeah, that day. It, it's, all com- it's all coming together. Some like nitpicky things I had about this movie. I, I did enjoy this movie. Like it's a, It was like a fun watch. I love the cage. I like anything with a car chase. Uh, it, it, I had a good time. Two main things. A, and this is more of a commentary on like movies in general and just like not even just in movies. I hate, hate, hate these movies with millions of dollars and budget cannot get a good graphic designer to do, to do good Photoshop work. Like the opening mm. credits where it was showing like all the photos of like Nick Cage and his family and like Giovanni <laughs> Ribisi. You could not have had worse Photoshops yes. of heads on these bodies. And I hate it when it's in movies and I hate it when it's bad on movie posters. Massive nitpick. Yes. But it is not, Gone in 60 Seconds is not, exclu- it is not like the only one that does this. So I will not hold it against them. Second, I feel like $200,000 for 50 cars is like not that much. Not not no. even with like inflation considered yeah. is that yeah. worth that much money. No and chance. they needed to sell. See, this is another thing is because it's like, okay, we know why Memphis Reigns is doing this. Like his, his brother's brother. neck right. is on the line. Okay. Right. But then all these other motherfuckers who have gone into retirement and like don't need that kind of heat on them right now. You're telling me that they love this guy, this little, like, annoying teen angst motherfucker so much that they're going to come back and steal 50 cars in three days for 20 or sorry, 200 grand split. Like how many ways? I know. No. Yeah. No. That Hashtag seem- family. No. Hashtag you, do family. It for the fa- this- you do it for the family. You know? No, I don't. <laughs> I would like y'all can have Janika. It's fine. I'm going back back into retirement. I kind of love that scene though when it's them like calling up everyone. It's like this guy's in jail. This dude's dead. This dude's dead. Mm. This guy's on the run. He's in Mexico with this other guy. This guy's dead. This guy's in jail. It's like, yeah, that's what would happen. You'd come back and your whole crew would be gone. Dismantled in some form. Yeah. I did love that scene though. It's so stupid, but that scene where Nick Cage he goes to his Giovanni Ribisi's house and just like, because like Nick Cage like he he ho- he owns like a kids go kart thing. Like he's separated his life, but he's not like some big like investment banker now. Like he hasn't just like 
become this like completely white collar guy. He's still like pretty grounded. He's so just not like, a criminal. He's just not a criminal. So like, right. how can we make Giono, Giovanni Ribisi like just look like a complete idiot? And they do it by this guy doesn't know how to make like scrambled eggs. Like he puts beer in it. I think he pours beer in like the potatoes or scrambled eggs. And then, you know, he's like, oh, how, like these don't, these taste pretty good, huh? And Acacia's like, your kitchen's on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I guess they set up like, yeah, he, he's. It's short. It's shorthand. It's like, shorthand. It's, yeah. 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 He, he doesn't have it together uh, uh, at, at all. First, when he put beer and like on the hash browns or whatever it was he was making, I was like, oh, I'm like that meme with that girl when she's like, oh, or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when all the salt fell and I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> but beer hash browns, like maybe I'll try it out. I'll, I'll report back. Um, I just feel like it would add a good bite. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> No, the alcohol in the mix is good. That's a great yeah. cooking Test technique. it out for us and let us know how it goes. Yeah. I mean, they do like beer battered chicken, right? Yeah, and you can use oh, it to yeah. deglaze the pan. You know? But I do feel bad that we're roasting this movie so hard. Catcher, considering it was like a touchstone for you, like when was the last time you'd watch it prior to this? Like, a, like maybe a year ago. So you watch it like pretty frequently. Yeah, not like it had been probably like a handful of years till okay. then, but I'd rewatched it like a year ago. And sure, was sure. Like, oh, I love this. Like, it yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So is there anything in particular that like stands out to you as to why this movie has like grown with you? Truthfully, it really was just that literally the part where Nick Cage does the thing with the fingers. Like that was <laughs> the thing that like always stuck in my mind. And then like, revisiting it a few years later, like realizing like how fun it was and then watching it again last year was like, oh, wow, this is like actually like a fun time. Yeah, um, I really enjoy it. And a lot of it, I think, does have to do with the cars and like seeing the cool cars and like, yeah, the way they talk about cars, like they listen to a tape of different engines and, and it's just like it's Le Mans. Yeah. year whatever yeah this yeah. is that engine i was like god i wish i could do that like I, that's like i i don't know anything about the technicality of cars i just love the way they look they're like sculptors right um, so this is like it's envious but it's like not fun like of all the movies we've watched we've watched now a year, almost a year worth of movies what for whatever it is 40 movies mm -hmm. this was like the least entertaining of all of the <laughs> movies that we've watched for me the one that like took was the hardest for me to keep connected to was this movie like i it's not even as good as armageddon like and it's weird that with a film that has this a very similar premise in that we got to get this team of very specifically skilled people to do this very intense hard job to save someone's life or whatever they sort of fail at so many of the things that it gets like that armageddon seems to get right mm -hmm. and i don't know it, it must be Bay. that's like the, the difference in in between the two situations so that just kind of like gives me oddly like more respect for michael bay mm. as it should um yeah. before we go on to our categories i do want to talk about one thing we've like accidentally watched three will Patton movies in a row so we've watched armageddon and mm. we've watched halloween kills and now we've watched this oh true yeah i love will Patton. I was <laughs> he's, he's such like a solid guy to have in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I've been seeing a lot of you around, buddy. But although it was so weird watching him, this happens to me with Sex in the City all the time. Mm -hmm. So weird watching him in Armageddon where he's like relatively young. And I'm, and I'm not like trying to be ageist at all. But then seeing him in 
Halloween kills and he's like aged quite a bit. Like it's like what, like a 25 year difference. I was just like, whoa, not in a bad way. Like he looks fine, but that happens to me with sex in the city all the time because I'm so used to seeing these women when they're in their thirties. So yeah, exactly. So then when I'm like watching something that they're in or like see them on social media, I'm just like, what? And then I'm like, oh yeah, like time is a thing, even though it's not. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> is, is Will Patton in Venom? I kind of hope he is. Oh, I don't think he is. He'd be good. He'd be great he in fit, Venom. He would fit right in there. Yeah, Find he could movie. be like Will Eddie Brock's dad. That's true. He he could be in anything. Yeah. I, I he's such a solid just like guy to have. Like in uh, remember the Titans? He's amazing as like the the white football team coach. Incredible. Mm. Mm. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Um, anything else before we go to our categories? And I feel bad because I know I'm like doubling down and just like ripping into this one. <laughs> no. But the like three point um like conflict of mm. the so like the boss guy who wants the car wants all the cars, mm. and then mm. Nick Cage and his gang, and then the cops, mm. and then the way like that all comes to an end. Like almost actually like I was like, okay, here we go. Like they're all in the same place, you know, just like duking it out. But then just like that cheese Delroy Lindo just being like, you know, you know what? Go like get out of here. I I forgive you for like tormenting my city for however many years and stealing all those cars, you know, in the most Delroy Lindo way. Just like, yeah, get up before I change my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You did all this really terrible stuff, but you saved my life. Yeah. So now I'm in between a rock and a hard place and what to do about this. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like, you know, Nick Cage has spent the whole movie being like, I'm only doing this for my brother. Like, I'm not getting back. I'm not the same guy I was when you're chasing me around. And so him like pushing over, um, what's his name? The the Irish guy. Is he Irish? Yeah. Irish guy. And not going for the gun as well, which was like a big factor. Yeah, not going for the gun. It's like, okay, like, I believe you. You're you're good. I'll clean this up. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, get out of here. Yeah, I'll, I'll clean this up. So good. Awesome. So let's let's get to our categories here. So uh, we'll kick it off with our criterion moment. And if you're listening for the first time, this is a moment or a scene we pick in which, you know, this is this is the best moment of scene. This this should enter it into the Criterion Collection. Uh, Catcher, let's start with you. I mean, yeah, it's like him. Uh, it's like a toss up. It's between him doing the fingers yeah. and getting ready and putting on Lowrider. And like the scene where it really is like the scene when he's like touching Eleanor and like they've gone through scouting all the cars <laughs> to figure out like where to get them and they find her. And he's like touching her and he's like putting his hands down the side of it. And then you're also getting this like voiceover from, I don't know who that guy is. He was like on some show I used to watch about teaching. But anyways, um, he you, you basically are described the history between Memphis and Eleanor and how she's always eluded him. Right. And, and I just think that's like everything about this movie is that. It's like cars, it's like sexiness, it's like obsession, it's, it's all that. Nice. Yeah. Um boom. <laughs> um <laughs> Is this gonna be the first ever two criterion mo- moment movie? Yeah. Oh my god, maybe. No. I mean I loved the part when the guy like 
I think he was like on the phone or something and he was like, it, it never rains, but it pours because <laughs> both of their last names were rains. Yeah. I love how like most of my criterion moments for like the action movies are just like some silly pun. Uh, either that or when Del- when they get Delroy Lindo in the car because they're trying to like distract him. That was kind of cool. Love that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. My my thing for me was kind of on the same lines as Catcher. I I did like when Cage is like obsessing over Eleanor the car. Um, but I really liked the scene where they're all waiting to start their rob their boosting or carjackings is when they're just like quizzing each other about yes. cars over the radio because that's like that's like something people would do like we would we could quiz each other about movies and all that sort of stuff like it's totally relatable and like to help you understand like these people's like obsession with cars is that they're able like to pull these trivia facts out out of thin air um i I like that part a lot i thought it set up like who these people are really well and that was a fun little moment agreed yeah uh and then rather than pick our satellite picks i think we we did it last week and i think it worked well where we kind of round table and just say like how do we think how do we think this movie, like, does it work as a pick relative to Armageddon in our exploration of it? Uh, yes, no, maybe, and wise. Um, we'll go in reverse. I'll start. I think yes, totally. Like, I think Bruckheimer, again, it, it captures a period of time um, that we talked about for Armageddon of, like, these 90s action movies that um, are, you don't really see that much so often anymore. Um, uh, and I think, you know, it... it Nick Cage, Bruce Willis, um, they're sort of of the era as well. Nick Cage has surpassed Bruce Willis, obviously, in terms of, like, pop culture relevance. But, you know, at the time, it was sort of these guys are, like, the peak of, like, this action, action, mm. like, phase of Hollywood. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think it was really interesting to to look at it, you know, watch it or relative to Armageddon. Um, obviously, I think Armageddon is the superior film. Uh, but there's there was a lot <laughs> I, I did like about Gone in 60 Seconds, so I'm glad I got to revisit it. So nice. good pick catcher. Uh, boom. Yeah, I agree, actually. Like, in terms of kind of social or, like, cultural stuff that was going on in film at that time, it's definitely on the nose. Um, and then just, like, thematically, I'd also say... Uh, Nicholas Cage's character and like the the gang, like his family, kind of like rising to a challenge for like something that's kind of like beyond them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that makes sense, like they're trying to take like uh, Giovanni's character is like the kid, you know, and they know they they all have to rise up to like take care of him and like make a better future for him, which is like similar, mm-hmm. obviously like in different portrayals but similar to like what bruce and the gang do in armageddon so yeah nice catcher it's like weird like yes but it's like if i were like if i was thinking of it as like say like a double feature i feel like there's no way you could put them together because it's like unless you put gone in 60 seconds first because like once you watch armageddon it's like what is like that like nothing is like that um (laughs) so but i i mean i I think it's still true in terms of like everything you guys have said, the reason why I had picked it originally, like it does sort of follow a similar formula and it, it does have like a cool, in, like a, so, sort of an interesting cast of characters and the way they create that sort of dynamic is fun. Um, but they're like, those cast of characters are not nearly as good 
or mm. absurd as the cast of characters that you, you get in Armageddon. Um, and also, they put in that love story in Armageddon. <laughs> and part of me feels like they learned a lot of lessons on how to make a crazy big and crazy fun movie in Armageddon and just like left a lot of the ideas that probably saved that movie off this movie. And it's sort of like an interesting lesson in, I guess, cost probably. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's fine. It's not as good as Armageddon, but I love it more deeply. Mm. So yeah, love it. yeah. Love it. That's what we're here for. Love. That's right. Um, fantastic. Well, that was gone in 60 seconds. We did a portion of our tea with boom segment at the top of the show. Uh, but I know Boom asked some stuff about Nick Cage on our uh, Instagram handle, which is yeah. I was just excited um, because Nicolas Cage has obviously just given us so much in his massive body of work, um, and he is obviously known for his like over the top performances, which we did not necessarily like find full on in this film. Mm. But I just thought I'd ask people kind of like what their favorite over the top performances of like any actor are. Uh, and we got a few responses. One that I thought was really good was uh, Gene Wilder in Young Frankenstein, mm. um, which was a good one. My or sorry, Catcher wrote in actually and said, uh, Vincent, how do I say his last name? Is it D'Onofrio? D'Onofrio. See, I don't have that Italian oomph um, <laughs> in the cell, which we all know is one of my mm. favorite movies. And he's he is a quite incredible yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Like, it. So and good. it is definitely like an over the top, like glam gothic. Well, especially because it's like you're in his dreams or in his mental scape. So it's like he's allowed to sort of turn up a lot in that movie. Ian, what what about you? Like, what's your favorite OTT performance? <laughs> OTT. Uh, I was thinking of just like in terms of Nick Cage, an earlier one, like very early in his career, is Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. Uh, if you have not seen that movie, it is insane. He okay. basically gets bit by someone who he thinks is a vampire, and he proceeds to the rest of the movie. He like believes he's turning into one, or maybe he is turning into one. Uh, and it is <gasps> just as like batshit as like you would batshit. Haha, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> as you would imagine. Um, so that that's one I would recommend for an earlier work, the less seen work of uh, some wild Nick Cage, Vampire's Kiss is one I would highly, highly recommend. Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah. And if you, again, check us out, want to shoot us a DM, check us on Instagram at Synodots. And you can see on there our uh, lovely toques slash beanies that's right. Again, yeah. they're for sale among with some other Synonauts merch. If you go to synonauts.bigcartel.com, there were some sales coming through. I've been seeing on the email. We did. Thank you, everyone. For so thanks for people who have been buying stuff. Them. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, but let's go to our emails now. We have two emails. Um, the first one, once again, dear friend of the show, co host of 70 Millimeter, uh, famous artist, Danny Haas. Hey, Synonauts, <laughs> longtime listener here. Just wanted to drop by and say that Gone in 60 Seconds was one of the most formidable movies in my life. I watched it over and over again. It was even the first movie uh -huh. I ever bought digitally. That's awesome. <gasps> uh, I would ride around in my friend's dad's white Ford Galaxy 500 listening to Moby and quoting the movie left and right. 
We did not talk. I guess Moby. we did talk about some of the music in it, but that Moby drop is also very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We never got in the car without waving our hands, like Nick Cage in the air saying, okay, let's ride. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or try our best at Chris Eccleston's accent saying, am I the arsehole? Do I look like the arsehole? <laughs> oh, uh, no. This movie left such an impact on my life to this day. I have a recurring dream of driving Eleanor on the bridge, taking the jump, but landing it in the river. And when the car hits the water, I wake up every time. Oh, my God. My goodness. Danny. That's so cool. Uh, For someone who was young and into cars, this movie was everything to me. Thank you for covering it. Boom. I'm sorry you didn't like it. (laughs) Ian, read this in your best Chris Eccleston accent and and then slam a phone down. It never rains, but it pulls. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. That's the criteria moment. Thank you, Danny. Oh and, you know, hearing stuff like that, Danny and I do not see eye to eye uh, on Armageddon. But I know, based on that email, he understands where I'm coming from with yep. my love there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then our next one is from uh, our pal H over at Dune Pod. H. Cynonauts, it's H. I just wanted to call and say congratulations. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. We missed you guys while you were gone, and we are so happy that you're back. You guys bring incredible insights all the time. Your energy is amazing. You guys are phenomenal. Keep doing it. Keep doing it all the time. We love you. Happy birthday. Wow, timed oh. up and everything. My goodness. Amazing. Keep doing ah. it. Keep doing it. Keep I'm, doing I'm it. shocked that didn't make its way in. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for the happy birthday and also H. Happy Dune Week. Dune, Dune week. week. Yeah, big week it's, for it's H here, baby. and Jason over at Dune Pod. <laughs> These guys, their whole life has come to this moment, the release yeah. of Dune. Uh, I've seen it already. I'm seeing it again in IMAX on Friday. Are you two seeing it or nice. we'll talk about it next week? Yeah, we're going oh, yeah. to. We're going together on Thursday. Okay, yeah, Thursday nice. night, yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent. So uh, we'll definitely talk about that next week. Um, but if you want to yeah. hear like big time Dune dorks talk about it, uh, check out Dune Pod. Um, Dune Dads. Dune Dads. They got to they got to interview Denny Villeneuve. Dune yeah, they on their last Denny episode. So, so that shit's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, they're they're making it happen. Yeah, so go go check them out, uh, and then obviously <laughs> go check out our friends Seventy Millimeter. Uh, and go check out their Discord over at 70dmillimeter.com. Love those guys. Love them. Um, but that is it for our one-year anniversary show. I'm very glad we got to spend it talking Ooh. about it in 60 seconds. Um, and next week, whew, we're going to wrap up our exploration exploration of Armageddon with Boom's wild card of a pick, Venom. My, I'm so excited. Hold on to your pancreas. Hold on. <laughs> this is, yeah, a, a symbiote is going to take over Synonauts pod uh, next week as we discuss this movie. Uh, oh, boy. Very exciting. But so good. if there's anyone I'm going to talk about it with, I'm glad it's with you, too. That's what I'll say. My oh, new I'm friends. So I didn't who I wasn't friends with at all before this. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Boom. Oh my! God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry he treats you like this. This is this is why I don't make jokes like this. I'm I can't sorry. emotionally. I can't take I'm it. Sorry. I feel horrible now. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, quickly. Can anybody do? Uh, I know we've been doing at the end of the ep- episodes like 
tying in the films and like how they work. Can anybody do like a quick uh, parasite? Our first episode to gone in 60 seconds. Does anybody got oh. anything on that? Oh, <laughs> uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I think both, both show that people will go to extreme lengths to do what they have to do for their families. Yes. Well, that's it. And cut the mic. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. That's the spin. (laughs) Wow. Nailed it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) We'll uh, talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.